Amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Beautiful presence of the Lord this evening. Amen. 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 Praise God. This this Friday is going to be ministerial development, and uh, the two persons that I have. Selected to speak, um, Brother Jacob Drapple, here tonight. Oh yes, and Brother Alex Sully. <coughs> Hallelujah. Amen. I left the uh, I left the topic pretty pretty open, and we'll see what they can uh, present to us. But the topic's going to be on faith. Amen. Amen. There's so much about Amen. faith. Yes. Hallelujah. So, and that's for Friday evening for ministerial development. <coughs> Haven't really uh, so far secured a date for uh, Luke Wethy, but uh, hopefully I will be uh, getting that done within the next couple of days. So once I do, I'll, I will uh, announce that to the church. And uh, this coming, um, this coming, I think it's coming up this next week. I'm not sure. Let me make sure now. But there is a uh, a conference in um, Minot, North Dakota, hosted by uh, Amen, Brother Jess Starr. And it begins on Thursday. The dates are, uh, uh, let me find out here. The dates are November 18th through the 20th, and that's a Thursday to a Saturday. Is that right? Yeah, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And the GAP conference, it's called, and uh, uh, it'll be held at the church there in, in Minot, North Dakota. Apostolic Faith Church on 2929 19th Avenue Northwest in Minot, North Dakota. The speaker Thursday evening will be uh, Reverend Joel Holmes. If any of you don't know Brother uh, Holmes, he's from uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. He used to be the, the head pastor there, but his brother, his, his son, uh, uh, has taken his... his uh, place but he's still there and then um, Friday evening of course this was this will be 730 Friday uh, ministers sessions will, will begin on 10 a.m. Friday morning and then a ministers lunch at 1 o'clock Friday afternoon and then 730 p.m. Reverend Kelly Patrick will be ministering uh, and then on Saturday of course 10 a.m. will be ministers sessions and then 12 will be a ministers lunch 
2 o'clock, uh, Reverend Paul Deeds will be ministering. And uh, that is next week, so amen. Be advised of that. I don't know if anybody uh, was planning on going or anything, but I just thought I announced that. Brother Isaiah sent that flyer to me, so amen. That's the next, that's the other thing that's on the uh, uh, schedule as far as announcements is concerned, so amen. There you have it. Now you're informed, so now you know. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mm. Praise God. Somebody came in with an aroma of something. It smells good, whatever it is. I just picked it up and I thought, ooh, wow. I'm trying to put my uh, finger on it and see what it is, but I... I just can't seem to identify it, I guess. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. But here we are. Midweek service already. Time goes by really fast, doesn't it? Time is fleeting, as they say, as that expression says. Time is fleeting. This goes by. This, it's here one moment and gone the next. <laughs> Praise God. It seems like that. I don't know. Got to get used to the sun going down pretty early now, too. Kind of throws you off, and it's just like, uh, okay. Amen. It's kind of something how... Does anybody know who is the one responsible for daylight savings time? FDR. No, so we're war. It's been here for quite a while. Didn't it start World War One? No. World War Two. No. No. And way, way. It's uh, for for uh, quite a while. I don't want to give too much away. It sounds like something the Greeks would have whipped up. Well, uh, way after the Greeks. Actually, somebody that you might have, somebody that was a, a very influential person in our in the, in, the, in the history of the United States in America. Uh, Thomas Jefferson or Abe Lincoln. Uh, or, oh, that's one of the Roosevelt. No, no, it wasn't Roosevelt. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> That man was, uh, if you study, and that's not my topic tonight, but if you study him, a lot of people refer to him as a deist. They refer to a lot of these people that believed in the Bible, that prayed and believed in the Bible. And of course, it's all these uh, intellectualists and people that want to put labels on people, but they always refer to him and several others as deists just because they believed in God. And they, they, and they say they didn't really believe in God, but if you read our Constitution... And you read the personal history of these individuals. They were people that believed in God. They believed in the Bible. They always want to try to put some kind of label on him, but on them. But he was one of the ones that came up with daylight savings time. Make the adjustment because of the way, you know. And of course, you know, that's something that's... Uh, I don't know. Does anybody know when the first occurrence of daylight saving time ever happened in the Bible? 
when his arms were held up. No, 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 you're close. No, no, you're close. It was a battle. It was when Joshua said, Son, stand thou still. That was the first of daylight saving time. They wanted to defeat the enemy, so he just said, Sun, stand thou, moon. And so it did. Guess what? Moon, stay in your place. Sun, stand thou still. And it did, and they slew all their enemies. Praise God. Stop for four hours. Yep. Four hours. Four hours. Amen. That's interesting, isn't it? But, <laughs> God, you know, as far as the Lord is concerned, you cannot, you cannot uh, contain him with time. Yep. That's right. Because he, he's, he's eternal. Amen. That's right. He's eternal. It's, how can you contain <laughs> something that, amen, is not able to even, you know, you think about it, he's eternal. He's always been here. Mm-hmm. He always will be here. And that's interesting because the Bible says somebody that, you know, his, there's no beginning and there's no ending. Right. Wow. How do you fathom that? Right. He's always been mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Praise God. That's amazing. Amen. That's amazing. And a lot of people try to put their twist on it. Yeah. And a lot of people try to somehow, you know, bring time. And that's interesting. Lord willing, we're going to get to that. That's an interesting uh, topic to study about times and seasons and all that. And of course, right now the whole world goes by the Gregorian calendar. We have been for a long time. But even talk uh, about time, I don't know why that's doing that, but when we talk about time, Everybody always tries to somehow build or put structure to time, and you can't. Well, we can because you know we're human beings. We can't. We don't understand eternity. Right, right, <laughs> that's right. Mm-hmm. We try to somehow get some kind of uh, uh, a point of reference, I guess. That's how human beings are. We got somehow. Amen. We've got to keep ourselves situated and in place. So. Amen. We think about time. We think about hours. We think about minutes. We think about seconds. And the Lord is not even limited to that. Right. Amen. Praise God. That's amazing, isn't it? Amen. Amen. Well, let me see here. I want to, uh, just for just for tonight, I, I just want to, uh, last week we talked about the Feast of Unleavened Bread. I want to, I, I want to just uh, speak a little while tonight on the Feast of First Fruits, and of course, understanding what First Fruits are and the significance of it. Amen. And when we take a look at that, you know. Uh, of course, there's been a lot of uh, uh, opinions about it and trying to understand it, but it's part of the Feast of Jehovah. You go back into 
the book of uh, Leviticus in chapter 23 is where it's mentioned uh, the first time in this context and right around verse number uh, 10 you'll see there and verse number 9 it says and the Lord spake unto Moses saying speak unto the children of Israel say unto them when ye be come into the land which I give unto you and shall reap the harvest thereof then ye shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest. And he shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted for you on the morrow. After the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. So you see that here's the first instruction. Of course, uh, this is kind of tied into, and we won't really get into that tonight about uh, he, he goes on there and he talks about the, the wave uh, offering there um, made to the Lord and uh, it was obviously a, a part of what they learned to do as far as the first fruits even presenting their tithes and offering but we won't touch on that tonight we'll just talk about the first fruits um uh, so to understand it and to approach it from the point of view of the Old Testament, this is one thing about first fruits that uh, that uh, you need to to know. The first fruits mark the beginning of the cereal grain harvest in Israel. So when we talk about the harvest, the grain harvest, of course we're talking about barley, wheat, and all these other harvests grain harvests that, amen, were, were uh, planted in Israel. So first fruits mark the beginning of the cereal grain harvest in Israel. Now when you go back and you study the, the Feast of the Lord and you study the offerings made by the, by the, the priest and, and every Israelite that came in and offered their offerings, you'll notice that talks about uh, in several places in, in the book of Leviticus beginning you start you see that beginning in chapter 2 and you read it throughout the book of Leviticus talks about uh, meat offerings uh, and it, if, if you if you uh, have a good uh, uh, concordance or, or uh, lexicon a lot of times they they translate the king some places in the King James versions they translated that meat offering but what it really is is in several locations and mostly the majority of them it's it should be translated uh grain offering or meal offering and and that's what it's talking about so not just necessarily the meats of course a lot of people get that confused with the sacrifices of the lambs and the goats and the heifers and all this kind of stuff but he talks about the meal offerings and that's that word is used interchangeably several times, but that's what it means. It means it's basically the cereal, the grain offerings. So a lot of times they presented it, and and it speaks about that. Of course, the bread, the bread that was made, uh, amen, that was used in the, in the offering up of the sacrifices, and giving different uh, examples or different instructions as far as how you made the bread, if it was bacon, if it was uh, fried in the frying pan, I guess we're not the only ones that invented fry bread. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Praise God. So 
there's a lot of, uh, you know, you think about that. So when you read that, when you study that, keep that in mind when you're studying it because a lot of people don't realize that and they think about, right, meat offering or meal offering, meat offerings, and they think right away they think about meat, but what he's talking about is these different grain offerings or meal offerings that were offered up, okay? So first fruits mark the beginning of the cereal grain harvest in Israel. The beginning of them, the beginning of the harvest. Why, why do I say that? Because... Uh, first fruits was offered up. First fruits was offered up in the month of Nisan. Of course, here's another thing. You'll study the Jewish months now, and 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 a lot of different uh, passages in the Scripture and even in historical writings, they talk about the the, the Jewish month or the Hebrew month, the month of Abib. Now you go back. You go back and they use that interchangeably again in the book of Exodus. They talk about the month of Abib. And then it's also called the month of Nisan. And so uh, this was the month that uh, the first fruits was, was uh, offered up. Okay, it, 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 followed, it followed the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Okay, and then Unleavened Bread immediately followed the Feast or the, the Passover. So on the month, in the month of Abib, or Nisan, on the 14th was the Passover. Remember this. And then the 15th was unleavened bread. And that went for how many days did it go for? Seven days. From the 15th through the 21st. Okay? And now, now here's, here's another thing that you have to pay close attention to. Immediately after the Feast of Unleavened Bread... Then there was the feast of first fruits that followed it. Now here, here's here's a a little bit of historical discrepancy because a lot of times when when they talk about that, and of course you go into like uh, Jewish antiquities, and you go into the writing of Josephus, and even uh, uh, the Maccabeans, you're going to find out that there there's just kind of uh, in a, in a loose. And, and loosely, they speak about the first fruits, but there's discrepancy about when they really celebrate the first fruits. Now, listen, pay attention, pay close attention to this, because they said some some people that have read the read the historical accounts of scripture say that uh, they say first fruits started on the 16th. That's kind of a you know uh, how would you say uh, somebody that would would say that it, it, you know it's just uh, an an opinion or you know, that it did immediately follow unleavened bread. Now, there's, there's some discrepancy with that, okay? There's some discrepancy with that. The reason why I say that is Jesus resurrected. He was the first fruits. He resurrected from the grave, okay? Remember what he said in the scripture. He said, after three days, if you destroy this temple, he's referring to his body, after three days, I will raise it up. Okay? Three days. Three days. Amen. The evening and the morning, 24 hours. The evening and the morning, 48 hours. The evening and the morning, 72 hours. Three days. So, if seed was planted, and that's another thing, we're talking about the agriculture uh, season. If, if the seed was planted on the day of unleavened bread, Jesus made reference to that. If a grain of wheat is planted, 
He was talking about his burial. All right. If it was planted on the 15th and he said, in three days, I'm going to raise this temple up. He wasn't just talking about figuratively three days, you know, without the full day. He was talking about, you know, a 24 hour period times three is 72. So 72 hours. So if that seed was planted on unleavened bread, then obviously, like a lot of people believe, the first fruits took place on the 16th. I, I really don't think so. I think the first fruits took place on the 18th because that's three days later. That's 72 hours later. Does that make sense? So, so when you study that, you're going to come across a lot of uh, you know, uh, statements about that. And a lot of people believe that as far as uh, the 16th being the day of first fruits. Of course, you know, praise God. Here's the thing. The Feast of Israel, when they celebrated, obviously represented or they were a fulfillment of not just for the Jews during that time, but also for the church. Because the church follows that pattern as far as the, the, the spring feast and the summer feast and the fall feast. The spring followed that pattern. So obviously, here's, a, here's another important point about this. Timing is of the essence. So if, uh, and we're going to get on there in a few moments here. So if that's important, if God had a specific will for things to be done so it can be fulfilled, of course it was fulfilled when he resurrected from the dead, the first fruits. Okay, so I believe this, that my mind settles to the 18th because that's 72 hours from the 15th. Jesus kept his word. Okay, so there's just that discrepancy there. If you ever study it, I just want you to know, okay? So the, the first roots mark the beginning of the cereal grain harvest, the beginning. Mark the beginning. Remember that now. Remember this. It's important for you to remember this. The beginning. The beginning, okay? Okay, barley was the first grain to ripen of those sown in the winter months. So obviously, before all the other greens, amen, uh, you know, came up, barley was the first one. So barley was the first one to ripen. So obviously, amen, barley was the, was the first fruits or, or, or was, you know, when you talk about that sheaf. Okay, here's another important, uh, interesting fact. Or, so, uh, you know, when they talked about the sheaf, the sheaf was actually a, a, what the scripture says, a sheaf of barley, but there's also even a measured portion of barley. And some historians said three omers of barley. So no, that sheaf was that big, three omers of barley. Can you imagine that? You can compare it like we say bushels and stuff like that. So they said, they, they say sheaf, but of course, you know, <laughs> praise God. It sounds kind of technical, doesn't it? <laughs> it's amazing, but this, you know, this is really interesting. So barley was the first grain to ripen of those sown in the winter months. Okay? Okay. Uh, it was representative, the, the first fruit, the first fruit that was harvested and the first fruit that was uh Presented. Okay. Is everybody listening? Mm -hmm. 
the first fruit that was harvested and the first fruits that was presented. When I say presented, I mean they came and they offered it up. It was part of their uh, ceremony at, during the, during the uh, Feast of Unleavened Bread and Feast of First Fruits. That's what they did. They came and they offered it up. So it was offered to the Lord. It was the first fruits of their harvest. It was before they could even, listen to this, before they can even, amen, uh, use this harvest for their own purposes to feed their families or even to sell, before they could use it even for their own purposes, the law was they had to offer up that first portion to the Lord. They could not touch it unless they did that. Wow. So it was the Lord's. So in other words, if I just want to say, if I want to kind of, so you can understand this, Sister, Sister Dina grows this garden out here every year. And then after some of those vegetables begin to you know, grow and, and they're ready to harvest, the first portion of her harvest, is, if I want to kind of connect this to the Old Testament, the first portion of the harvest, if she was going to offer it up, was to be given to the Lord before she'd done anything else with it. Is that understandable? The first fruit. Okay? So, it was representative, okay, that first portion was representative of the barley harvest as a whole. Amen. So it, it represented, if there was a portion of that harvest, say in so many acreage of land, you had a barley harvest that was on so many acres of land, that first portion represented the whole acreage. You got that? The first portion represented the whole acreage. It's beautiful. Listen to this now. Represented the whole acreage as a whole and served as a pledge or a guarantee that the remainder of the harvest would be realized. Do you understand that? In other words, this was a representation of the harvest that was going to come, or the harvest that was coming along with this harvest. This was a representation of that harvest. In other words, that harvest represented the greater harvest. Mm -hmm. Amen. Ooh. Is it clicking in your minds? No. It's kind of quiet in here. <laughs> but that's beautiful. Harvest what they needed for the offering first before first. the rest of the food. Yes. There you go. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. They wouldn't harvest the whole No, they wouldn't harvest the whole thing. Right. Okay. Only that portion was harvested. Then then after it was presented before the Lord, then they could harvest the rest of it. Okay. Okay. But that was actually represented the rest of the harvest. In other words, you know, that was a small portion of what was what was coming as far as that harvest was concerned. That's beautiful. Like it's a, a, guarantee. a guarantee. There you go. Right. It's a guarantee. Wow. Yeah. Man. Did you know what's still going on today? Yeah. Wow. Praise God. Jesus. Okay. Okay. Uh, Leviticus chapter 23, verses 9 through 14. Oh, we, we read that. 
So, so look what it says in Deuteronomy 26. And this is the law concerning now uh, uh, Deuteronomy 26 when, when, when they actually offered up the uh, first fruits. This was kind of the service or the ceremony. In 26.1 says, and it, shall come to, and it shall be when thou art come into the land unto, in unto the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance and possesses it and dwellest therein, that thou shalt take of the first of all the fruit of the earth which thou shalt bring of thy land that the Lord thy God giveth thee and shall put it in a basket and shall go unto the place which the Lord thy God shall choose to place his name there. And thou shalt go unto the priest that shall be in those days and say unto him, I profess this day unto the Lord thy God that I am come unto the country which the Lord swore unto our fathers for to give to us. And the priest shall take the basket out of thine hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord thy God. And thou shalt speak and say before the Lord thy God, a Syrian ready to perish with my father. And he went down into Egypt and sojourned there with a few and became there a nation great, mighty, and populous. And the Egyptians evil entreated us and afflicted us and laid upon us hard bondage. And we cried unto the Lord God of our fathers, the Lord heard our voice and looked at our affliction and our labor and our oppression and the Lord brought us forth out of Egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm and with great terribleness and with signs and with wonders. And he hath brought us into this place and hath given un us this land, even a land that floweth with milk and honey. And now behold, I have brought the first fruits of the land which thou, O Lord, hast given me and thou, hast, and thou shalt set it before the Lord thy God and worship before the Lord thy God. Wow. Beautiful, isn't it? Amen. Praise God. So you see that. Here's an, another amazing, uh, uh, amazing uh, statement about first fruits. First fruits was, was also a time marker. It marked the beginning of the grain harvest in Israel and it marked the countdown to the feast of weeks. So because of that first fruits, it was a time marker. It marked the beginning of all the harvest, all the rest of the harvest there in, in uh, Israel. And it also was a time marker from that point on, from the offering up of the first fruits, uh, you go there, let's, let's go there and back into Leviticus 23. And verse number uh, 15, Leviticus 23, and verse number 15, <clears throat> excuse me, says, And ye shall count unto you from the morrow after the Sabbath, okay, after the Sabbath, from the day that ye bought the sheep of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be complete. Even unto the morrow after the seventh Sabbath shall ye number fifty days, and ye shall offer a new meat offering unto the Lord. 
Hallelujah. So from that day, that morrow, the day after the Sabbath, the day after the offering of the first fruits, you begin to count. You have to count. Seven times seven is 49, and then that next day, 50. So seven weeks, seven weeks, that's where we get the word pente, Pentecost, which means 50. So it was a way that it marked the time of the feast that was coming up after that. Amen. The, the, the offering up the first fruits marked the time of the feast that was coming after that, which if you read that in the, in the Old Testament, you come up with the words, the feast of weeks, but that's the feast of Pentecost. So it's interesting, isn't it? A time marker, a time marker. Praise God. So we see that. And of course, I shared with you about Passover being on the 14th, unleavened bread on the 15th, and the first roots, uh, amen, like some writers said, on the 16th. But to me, the 18th, it seems to be more, uh, it salutes uh, or suits what Jesus said about him resurrecting from the grave. Three days, destroy this temple, and three days I'm going to raise it up. So he had to follow his own law, his own commandment, in order that to happen. So, amen. And there's, there's a lot of people that do believe, a lot of scholars that do believe, and uh, that, amen, first which was observed on the 18th of Nisan, or Abel. Okay? So here's, here's the first thing, uh, here's something that's really important for you, for us to understand now. We talk about the first fruits. The first fruits. It's something, isn't it? Because even, even in living for God, e even in seeking God, we notice that even that principle of the first fruits, even offering up the first fruits, that's something that we see in, in the New Testament when Jesus was talking about. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all its righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So in other words, what he's saying is God should be considered first. God should be considered first. There's a blessing in that concept, in that principle. When we consider God first. That's the whole thing about the first fruits. It's based on the first, amen, the first fruits that are offered up. The principle of the first. The first one. Amen. That's kind of something how even when we talk about Him being one, God being one, there's only one God. So it's based upon that principle. Okay? So we see that. First things are important, and as I just stated, they're always repeated, a repeated theme in the scripture, okay? Uh, agricultural produce, let's go to Exodus 22, and I'm doing this so that you can just get an idea of what I'm talking, you can understand, hallelujah, <laughs> praise God. Exodus 29, or 22, excuse me, 22. You go over to 29, and this is what it says uh, in Exodus 22, 29. Thou shalt not delay to offer the first of thy ripe fruits. 
and of thy liquors, the firstborn of thy sons, shalt thou give unto me. Likewise shalt thou do with thine oxen, with thy sheep, seven days it shall be with his dame, on the eighth day thou shalt give it me. So we see here, amen, that concept. Amen. In, in Exodus 20, in Exodus 23, 19, it says, The first of the first fruits of thy land shalt thou shalt bring into the house of the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not seethe a kid in his mother's milk. So he says, The first of thy fruit, first fruits of thy land thou shalt bring into the house of thy God. So here we, we see this uh, theme continuing. Uh, Exodus 34. Exodus 34. And uh, verse number uh, 26. It says, The first of the first fruits of thy land thou shalt bring unto the house of the Lord thy God. And of course, it's, it's a repeat of the scripture verse we just read. So we see that how important this is. Uh, uh, next one will be Deuteronomy 18. This is just uh, for you, so for, so you know how this is was uh, commanded throughout the scriptures uh, to the people of Israel. De uh, Deuteronomy 18, <clears throat> verse number four it says, "The first fruit also of thy corn, of thy wine." And of thine oil, and the first of the fleece of thy sheep, thou shalt give him. Okay, so we see that. It's important. Important. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Then you go back into, uh, go with me to, Leviticus uh, 27, 26. Leviticus 27, 26. And you see here in Leviticus 27, 26. He says, uh, He says, Only the firstling of the beast, which should be, which should be the Lord's firstling, no man shall sanctify it, whether it be ox or sheep, it is the Lord's. So we see that even with their cattle, their livestock, it was something that they, amen, that they did or they practiced. Uh, Leviticus, or excuse me, Exodus 22, <clears throat> verse 30. Exodus 22, verse 30. Amen. Let me see if that is right. Oh, yes. In my own handwriting. Exodus 22, verse number 30. And this is what it says. Likewise shalt thou do with thine own oxen and with thine sheep. Seven days it shall be with his dame. On the eighth day thou shalt give it me. So the first, and we just read that, we just read the scripture verse prior to that. So we get an idea of, amen, the, the even of the livestock, the first fruits of the livestock, the firstborn males of all the animals. Okay? Here's something interesting. 
Here's something interesting. I, I, I just want to stir your minds. Here's something interesting. Why do you think the scripture says the firstborn, okay, he's talking about the livestock, but he says the first male, the firstborn male. Interesting, isn't it? Because he created the male, didn't he? Well, you're, you're, you're close, you're close. Created the male first? Who was here first? Adam. Adam. So the man was the first one created. Yeah. So the firstborn, if it was a male, it was the one that was presented to the Lord. You notice that? That's something, isn't it? Something. So to me, that's interesting. So the firstborn, amen, of the livestock. And then, of course, you go back into uh, Exodus 13. And then, uh, just doing a little, a little reading tonight, if that's not too much for you. Exodus uh, 13, verse number 2, look what he says. Sanctify unto me all the firstborn, whatsoever openeth the womb among the children of Israel, both of man, of beast, it is mine so you see that the firstborn okay and then 12 and 15 of the same chapter thou shalt set apart unto the Lord all that openeth the matrix and every first thing that cometh of the beast which thou hast the male shall be the Lord's and every firstling of an ass thou shalt redeem with a lamb and if thou wilt not redeem it then thou shalt break his neck and all the firstborn of man among thy children shalt thou redeem. So we see there, amen, how this was an important, amen, important commandment, a concept. Uh, Exodus 34, <clears throat> excuse me, Exodus 34, we're still talking about the first fruits. <laughs> <laughs> Exodus 34 Amen and uh, verse, right on verse number 19 if I can get my and every firstling among thy cattle whether ox or sheep that is male does everybody see that that is male but the firstling of an ass thou shalt redeem with a lamb, and if thou redeem him not, then shalt thou break his neck. All the firstborn of thy sons thou shalt redeem, and none shall appear before me empty. So we see that. Praise God how this was something that was of importance. Uh, last but not least, the book of Numbers. The book of Numbers, this is just for your... For you, uh, as a reference, Numbers chapter 3, and uh, hallelujah, 
verse number 13 in Numbers. Numbers chapter 3 and verse number 13. Because all the firstborn are mine, for on the day that I smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, I hallowed unto me all the firstborn in Israel, both man and beast. Mine shall they be, I am the Lord. Wow. There's your reason. So it was important. You see here, of course, uh, go with me to the book of Numbers again. And chapter 18 in the book of Numbers, verse number 16. And those that are to be redeemed from a month old shalt thou redeem <clears throat> according to thine estimation for the money of five shekels after the shekel of the sanctuary, which is. 20 giras. Okay. So we see here, everything that, everything devoted in Israel shall be thine. Everything that openeth the matrix in all flesh, which they bring unto the Lord, whether it be of men or beasts, shall be thine. Nevertheless, the firstborn of man shalt thou surely redeem, and the firstling of unclean beasts shalt thou redeem. So we see that um, when we, when we come into that place of uh, what he's talking about here uh, the presentation of the firstborn in the Old Testament when this took place the redemption and of course as referring to livestock and then even uh, the children of Israel the firstborn son the the word the uh, Jewish word that is used for that is the word pidyon, haven. Pidyon, haven, in other words, redemption of the son. And when we talk about, when we dedicate our children, when we come and present our children to the Lord, just what they did to Jesus, they brought him to the temple and they dedicated him. And that is known as kipyon, haven. A dedication or a presentation to the Lord. Kipyon Haven. So all those were really something that was important to the to the uh, Amen Jewish people or the children of Israel. Amen, because they were the first fruits or they were born and even in presentation, even now when we dedicate our children, whether they be male or female, we refer to that as Kipyon Haven. Kipyon Haven. We give them back to the Lord. We present them to the Lord. Praise God. Amen. Beautiful, isn't it? Yes. So, so here now we kind of we get an idea of the firstborn. The firstborn are the first fruits. The first fruits. The first fruits of the crops. The first fruits of the Amen livestock. And even the first fruits of, amen, the sons and daughters of Israel. The first fruits. Jesus resurrected 
on the day of the first fruits after he was buried on the 15th the unleavened bread so he resurrected he was the first one you go over there into first uh, corinthians just go to the scripture first corinthians chapter 15 and uh, we have probably read this passage of scripture numerous times but you know to really understand what it's saying now we probably have an understanding why you know it's important to to believe and of course I don't want to get into that tonight, but the whole reason why the Apostle Paul uh, wrote in 1 Corinthians 15 about the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the grave was obviously to thwart the belief that was going around that he did not resurrect. <clears throat> but uh, we're not going to talk about that tonight. But look what he says in uh, 1 Corinthians 15 in verse number 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that Slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Woo! My, 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 my. So he's referred to, he's referred to, Amen. As the first fruits. Every man in his own order. Every man in his own order. But he says, Christ, the first fruits. He was the first one to resurrect from the dead. Man. Amen. Amazing. Amen. I was talking about that one time. And uh, somebody mentioned. Well, what about the, the people in the Old Testament? What about the people it talks about in the book of Matthew that resurrected, the graves were open, and some of the bodies of the saints that resurrected on, on, on the day that he, amen, was crucified? It's in the scripture, isn't it? Right. Some people say, well, what about that? If he's the first fruits? Well, yes, the Bible does say that, but listen to this now. Listen to this. Pay attention. He's the first fruits of them who resurrected from the dead. You know why I say that? Because those people that the Lord resurrected from the dead in the Old Testament, those saints that He resurrected, guess what? Eventually they died. Yes. Yep. They did die. Right. That's right. They died. So in other words, He was the first one to actually really resurrect from the dead because if they resurrected to eternal life, they would have never have died. Right. They would have continued living on, but they didn't. Right. Amen. God just woke him up momentarily. Mm -hmm. Amen. That's beautiful. Yes. So obviously he was the first fruits of them that slept. So, amen. He was the first person to actually resurrect from the dead. So it's important for us to understand that, you know, uh, when we talk about uh, <clears throat> him resurrecting from the dead, but he is the first fruits of them. He is the first fruits. Those that were, those that he were raised from the dead, didn't have glorified bodies. Mm -mm. They still had a body. Yeah, still had a yeah. And see, yeah. Paul talks about that, of course, in this chapter right here. Yeah. Amen. They didn't have a glorified body like he had a glorified body. Right. You know why? Does anybody know why? 
interesting. Mm -hmm. Because until he ascended, there was no Holy Ghost. So well, yes, until he ascended, there was no Holy Ghost. But why, uh, Brother Dan's talking about a glorified body. Yeah. Amen. He was a human being. Mm -hmm. He became man. He died. He died for that. He suffered for that particular reason. He, so that he could taste death for every man. Uh, the right of Hebrews said. He could taste death. He came, he completed his, his, his calling, his, his mission, and then he went down into Hades. Mm -hmm. He didn't stay there long. After three days, he resurrected. But when he resurrected, guess what? He had a glorified body. Now, here's something interesting. Jesus said, when he was telling them about, you know, the Heavenly Father and everything about what he came to do, he said, he said, I'm going to go back to the place I was before. Mm -hmm. He had to shed all the sin. Shed, shed his, his, his flesh. His, yeah, his, well, his that, yeah. That, uh, that so he would, he would gain his, his Praise God. So that's why death could not touch him again. He's right, right. resurrected from the dead. He's still alive. Mm -hmm. right. Can you believe that? Even right now. Yes. Amen. He's still alive. Amen. Yes. But he was the first fruits of them that obviously, as as the apostle said, that slept. Mm -hmm. Why why is that? Here's the here's the, the whole thing about understanding first fruits. The reason why it happened the way it did. I mean, like I said, God is precise. His timing is precise. Get this in your minds when you approach the understanding of the Feast of Israel. Death, burial, resurrection. Passover, death. Burial, unleavened bread. Resurrection, first fruits. Think about that. He's precise according to his prophetic will, his timing. Okay? Then here comes Pentecost. But I want you to understand that. Resurrection from the dead. So what we need to understand is this. If he was the first one that resurrected from the dead, of course, you read that. Uh, uh, go, go to Romans chapter 8. I mean, before, before I go any further with this, uh, amen. So you can understand a little bit more. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse number 23. You'll see there. And he says, and not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. So, amen, the first fruits of the Spirit, the first fruits of the Spirit. In other words, the Holy Ghost woo, symbolically. And spiritually, what has taken place when we receive the Holy Ghost? Yes, we're still mortal. This ought to help you. Yes, new body, new new life. We're alive in Christ Jesus. But here's the thing: symbolically, spiritually, we are resurrected from. The dead. Because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Okay? So when we lived in sin, now here's the thing. Don't, don't forget this. When we lived in sin, we were estranged from God. 
We did not know God. We did not live for Him. We didn't even think about Him. We were dead in our sin, but we weren't living for God. We weren't alive to God. So after the Holy Ghost came, He's quickened us. He's resurrected from that former life. That former life of living in sin. So we're not dead to God no more. Now we're living a resurrected life. Does that help you? Yes. Yes. Wow. Amen. That's why Paul said he took the sting out of death. Amen. Yes. Amen. <sighs> That's the importance of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Is that understandable? Amen. That's the importance of the Holy Ghost. Look what he says in the same chapter 8 in Romans in 29. Look what he says there. He says, For whom he did foreknow... He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Wow. In other words, remember what I said. Remember when I said this: that first offering up, that first amen sheath of the of the harvest was taken. But that first sheep represented the whole harvest. Amen. Amen. Right. Remember I said that. Mm -hmm. yep. right. So he wow. said, he's the firstborn of many brethren. Wow. So he was the first one that resurrected from the dead. But you know what? He was the first fruits, but you know what? He represented all the rest of them that were going to be. Wow. Amen. Wow. Resurrected. Amen. In other words, the church. Thank you. you and I. The harvest. Wow. The harvest. Aren't you glad you're part of the harvest? Yes. Amen. Jesus. Amen. Glad I'm in the church. Amen. Glad I'm in the church. You go over, uh, go over to the book of, uh, well, same book, chapter 11, and you read there, uh, look what the Apostle Paul says uh, in, in uh, verse number, where is that? Amen. Hallelujah. Make sure I got the right one here. 16, is it? 26. Okay. And verse number 16, it says, For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. So if the first fruit are holy, the lump should also be holy. Amen. So if Israel, if he, if the Lord is holy, guess what? We should be holy. Amen. 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 Why is it? Why is it that human nature just wants to resist God's will? To really understand what it is to be holy. Or to understand the life of holiness. Simply put, holiness is this. We are separated from sin. And we are sanctified. Sanctified unto Him. Sanctified to live, amen, the life that He has called us to live. A life of righteousness. A life of truth. A life of holiness. So if the first lump is the if the what he said there if if for if the first fruit is holy the lump is also holy so that's 
You know, here, here's an indication of the fruit of the Spirit in us. If, if He was holy, then we ought to be holy. We here here's and, and and I have to be careful how I word this, but uh, if I'm going to say His purpose in us, if the Holy Ghost is working in us like it should be, if we allow it to have liberty in our lives, that's where it's going to lead us. We're gonna we're going to grow. We're going to mature. We're going to develop. We're going to be holy. He said, "Be holy." For I am holy. Amen. So the work of the, the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, is holiness in us mm -hmm. to keep us separated from sin. Amen. Ooh. Wow. And a lot of people that try to understand that without the Holy Ghost, right. it's hard for them. Right. Mm -hmm. You know why? Because they don't have the Holy Ghost. Amen. Why is it they always say, ah, oh, man, how can you do that? And, and here's 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 one day I always throw uh, throw that uh, at us, you know, as far as living for God uh, about the do's and don'ts. <laughs> it's not that I can't do or that I want to do. It's because I want to do. I want to live for God. But you know what? The Spirit of God is helping me. The Spirit of God is quickening me, and because of that fact, guess what? I'm I'm holy like He is holy. Does that make sense? Yes. And that's what he said. The firstborn of many brethren. The firstborn. In other words, if I want to put it in, in this context so you can understand. The first, he was the firstborn of many brethren. In other words, he did all that so that we can receive salvation. We can, our sins could be remitted through His name, through water baptism in Jesus' name. We could receive the, the infilling of the, of, his, of the Holy Ghost, amen, speaking in other tongues, amen, being resurrected from the life of sin, from, from being dead to God. Are you listening to me? And amen, having that experience of having that resurrected spirit so that we can, we can live for God. So we can become a... Nation, a generation of spirit-filled believers. Amen. Right. Mm -hmm. Anointed, mm -hmm. sanctified. Ooh, see, that makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. Amen. That makes a big difference. Uh, look, look what James says here in uh, the book of James. Hallelujah. Man, I tell you what. James chapter 1, I think it is. We'll start with verse number 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Cometh down from the Father of lights. With whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Now look what he says. Of his own will begat he us. With the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. <laughs> mm -hmm. wow. 
Let me tell you something. I know this. There's only one real first fruit. Amen. The church is that. Amen. We can be a kind of first fruits. Praise God. So you think about that. Of his creatures. Man, that's awesome. That is awesome. Here, here, you know, that here's the concept of, of being the first ones. I was, I was, uh, has, I'm just to use an ex- as an example. When I was studying this, after uh, I became more acquainted with the customs and, and the thought, the theme behind every feast. Now, everything that we're doing, of course, what we're talking about tonight, uh, what we talked about last week and what we're talking about tonight, unleavened bread, first fruits, leads us to Pentecost. The whole thought and the whole theme of that was this. So when we come to the Feast of Pentecost, that experience that the Lord spoke about through His, through the Word, through the prophets, Joel, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, that that salvation that was coming, that was foretold. Here's the here's the whole thing about it, and the the whole thing about you know us experiencing what we have experienced. Here's the thing, <clears throat> it was connected to the word when it talked about that what he swore he was going to do. It was connected to that word salvation. But here's the thing, that word also denoted this. It denoted the originals. Mm -hmm. So in other words, that salvation was going to bring the original salvation and people of God. The original. Why why do you think I say that? Why do you think it's it's, it's, it's spoken in in that way, in that manner? The originals. It's genuine. It's genuine. It's the only real article. Mm-hmm. Right. This church is a representation of what Jesus did for us. Mm-hmm. It's the only real article right now in 2021. Amen. Not just here in Vermillion, South Dakota, but all over the world. Amen. Everybody that is Holy Ghost filled. Mm-hmm. That we can be a kind of first fruits of His creatures. The original ones. Man, doesn't that make you feel good? There's so many amazing things about this. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. So, so to be the first ones, to be the first ones, wouldn't you, how many, a lot of people, you know, and we're not trying to be competitive, but when we talk about, I want to be the first. <laughs> I want to be the first. I don't want to be second, third. Hallelujah. We used to have a, we used to have a little joke amongst the cross country distance runners when I was in high school. There was a lot of good runners we ran with, and good, good, a lot of talented young men back then. And we all got to know each other pretty good. We had this joke among us. They would say, "Hey, who was the fastest?" And who, who was the fastest? And here was the answer that here was the answer. I don't know because I never I never looked back. 
Beautiful. Took them a while, like, oh! I never used to look that way. I always used to kind of nudge each other. But that thing about being the first. The first. Not to a point of having conceit or being competitive, but being the first. The first fruit. Especially when it concerns salvation in God. Obviously that is a, uh, how would you say, that is a, a place of, of uh, if I want to say it in that sense, giving God glory. Giving God honor. Amen. And and you look in uh, real quickly, like uh, look look in Romans sixteen, fifteen. We see the Apostle Paul talking about this a little bit here. Uh, in Romans six sixteen, uh, let me make sure that's right. Yeah, sixteen five. And this is this is what it says. He says, likewise, greet the church that is in their house. He's talking about these individuals. Salute. My well-beloved Epanetus, who is the firstfruits of Achaia unto Christ. Here he mentions a man by the name of Epanetus, who is the firstfruits of Achaia. In other words, he was the first one who received the truth in Achaia. He was the first one to be filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, isn't that something? Amen. Isn't that something? So you think about that. And, <clears throat> of course, you go over to uh, 1 Corinthians 16. And and 1 Corinthians 16, you see it mentioned again. This is mentioned again. And verse number uh, 15, it says, I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanus, that it is the first fruits of Achaia, and they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. The first fruits, the household of Stephanus was the first fruits of Achaia. Man, that's something, isn't it? They were the first ones to. So think about it. Are you the first ones in your family? Are you the first ones in your There's a reason why God allowed you to be the first fruits. Amen. First fruits. Amen. That concept. The first fruits. The first ones. We'll stop here for tonight. So remember Friday evening, ministerial development, Brother Jake Drapo and Brother Alex Sully will be ministering on faith. We'll just leave it open for whatever the Lord lays on their heart going to be. Amen. Interesting. Wonderful. Here then. Thank you very much for coming tonight. Hope you were blessed. Meet one another in Jesus' name. Good night.